Hello, welcome to Fun Dip and Cherry Coke, the podcast to feed your pop culture nostalgia. I'm your host, Kira, and this week, Katie is back to talk about the never-ending story. Uh, You might remember her from the Backstreet Boys Millennium episode. She was also on my Halloween Hocus Pocus episode. One thing we talked about, uh, rattlesnake bites, and I gave some misinformation. Turns out you are not supposed to use a tourniquet, so just just want to get that out of the way. Maybe, uh, maybe Google it. Don't don't listen to me for medical advice. All right, uh, that that's it. Let's let's get into the episode. Thanks. Um, no, Starling is still like she thinks he's still a little too big for her. I think like that's fair. He's too. He tries, and she's like, I'm still a little nervous, but she's very curious about him, and she'll go up and like um, sniff him, especially if if it's just like his tail. She's totally oh. into that. But but they don't. He he tries, and she's like, Can we not? I just want to like look at you, and also just like walk around this room. <laughs> like I think she's more interested in like exploring the space than dealing with him. But he's very interested in being friends with her and she's not like mad about it but she's just not like engaging him yeah i feel like they could get there though that sounds like good good relationship starting points for sure yeah so like sometimes when 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 i'm not home my roommate will just like open my door and let the cat out and just like let them play for a little bit and see like how they do so i think i mean it's fine like they're doing so well together and i'm really excited to see what happens Uh, how's things with you they're good it's like same old same old it's not crazy wedding season so i've just been blogging and editing and doing things like that the whole month which is great yeah yeah how are the dogs they're good they're always good is luke getting less scared um so he's gotten into a phase where he's like really into getting butt scratches from everybody (laughs) And doesn't let people do like head putts, but he'll like kind of walk up to people and like put his hips in people's like scratching zones and then just like look coyly over his shoulder at you, like waiting for you to deliver butt scratches. (laughs) So he will accept butt scratches now from Aaron and Ding and like honestly most other people who come to the house. Like he still does the thing where you have to give him a treat and like tell him to boop you. But then once you sit down and kind of relax, he'll like kind of slowly come up to you and like present you his haunches for butt scratches oh that's so good it's what really good fucking boy. cute it's yeah what a brave he's boy a, he's a oh very good brave boy i love him he's a sweetie i love him too so yeah that's he's good best boy and leia's like a terror as usual oh yeah for sure and very into like <laughs> stealing the butt scratching attention away from whoever luke is trying to get it from so like yep. he'll Sounds be there familiar. presenting his haunches and she'll just like bowl in and be like hello i'm leia <laughs> welcome yeah this is my house just like her just like her i miss them there's a gigantic pork shoulder cooking in my kitchen right now and they've just been on like super intense high alert ever since it walked through the door and are just like sitting following it around like hello pork shoulder who's a large chunk of meat or Uh, ding is cooking it Ding is cooking it. Why is he cooking it at your house? Because we decided that today would be a great day to have a green chili cookout. So that's what we're doing. Oh my God. Kira, 
Did you what? hear that somebody tried to light gross or not gross reservoir, um, the top of Flagstaff Mountain on t- on fire? What? There oh, was I like a, there was a fire at Gregory Canyon. Yeah, there was like a four acre fire that went from like Gregory Canyon up to the top of Flagstaff Mountain the other day. Oh my god! Yeah, that they like um, thank goodness put out super quickly, but it was it was real for a minute there. Somebody tried to light it on fire. Like what? What? I don't know. A, I don't okay. know if they discovered like what the cause of it was. I it decided was not, that like, it was intentional. Okay. I don't think so. I decided it was but some asshole. Like probably smoking weed and hiking, who like flicked a you know joint butt or something, or God, that let... seems like a terrible thing to do while hiking. Right, you have but to people have like, do it. all of your lungs to breathe. Especially like Lost Gulch. Every time I go up there, there's just like hooligans everywhere, smoking weed and smoking cigarettes. And oh while my I'm God. fine with people doing those things, I feel like you shouldn't do that in an area where, where if you burn. start a wildfire, it would be like super duper bad, like yeah. that area because it's really close to like houses. Where's Lost Gulch? Um, that's just right at the top of Flagstaff. Oh, okay. Got yeah. it. So it's like between if you kept hiking up Gregory Canyon and then like sort of went towards the top of Flagstaff Mountain, that's where you would end up. I've only ever hiked Flagstaff. <laughs> I've only ever hiked Flagstaff from the top, like down, or yeah, like from the like, that's almost pretty much what the, I've like, done too. back to the to the front top. Mm-hmm. Like I've never done like the hard. And then when I do Gregory Canyon, I really just do the um the short saddleback loop. Yeah, because that takes like forty five minutes and it's pretty. And I could do it after work. I need to find after work hikes around yeah, here. Yeah, after work hikes are clutch. I miss those. Yeah. It's just like traffic is so bad after work here that like any place that I would want to go, I like wouldn't be able to like get there until no. it was dark. Yeah. It, will that improve now that like daylight savings has happened? It's getting better there's... for sure, but okay, I don't know good. if I can do like, I think it would have to be like pretty urban. Like maybe I could get to Griffith Park, but that's probably about it. I can go on runs. I've been thinking about doing some um, trail running. There's a Silver Lake Reservoir is like kind of on my way home and it's it's big around. I have to look at like how many miles. It's probably not. eh, Maybe it's like a mile, maybe two. Um, I I can't tell the difference. I don't know how to measure miles, Katie. It's I'm terrible. I'm like, it could be five miles. It could be half a mile. I don't know. It's Um, really hard, especially when there's (laughs) any kind of incline or like lack of incline involved because I think that the lake loop in my neighborhood is like a three quarters of a mile because it no effort whatsoever to do but in actual fact it's like a mile and a half from oh, cool. my house all the way around and then back to my yeah. house again but there's no incline and then I go on like a mile and a half hike and I'm like ah. yeah exactly exactly but it's like I th- I'm thinking of like stopping there on my way after work and like running around it a time oh yeah or that two, sounds maybe. lovely um can you hear my cat still yes She's being really annoying. I'm like afraid she's. But gonna, it sounds so beautiful. I'm afraid she's gonna step on the keyboard and close a tab. And <laughs> no, then we're don't do lose it. This recording forever. Don't I'm, do it, Starling. That's why I'm holding onto her really tightly. But that means that she's also like purring really loud, like straight yes. into the microphone. Wow, you have not been this needy in a very long time, sweet baby. Okay, Katie, what <laughs> what are we what are we talking about today? Um, so I was gonna ask you what uh, did we talk about? Neverending Story. I couldn't remember what we we had actually decided I'm doing. I don't think we ever decided what you're actually doing either I think it's totally up to you okay I think I really want to do never-ending story is I love it I would really like to see never-ending story and here's the thing people are picking like really obscure picks which I love and I think we've had a lot of really obscure picks in a row and now Uh well I guess do you consider never-ending story obscure no I consider it very mainstream and I'm pumped about that cool Um, awesome good because I'm ready because I was talking to somebody who was like I think you and I are the only people who ever saw this movie as children. And I was like, I, I don't think that's the case that, at all. That person is 1000% wrong. I think <laughs> okay. that I think that there are like zero people who <laughs> have not seen this movie. Unless they're like, I guess unless they're like 
I don't know what the age like breakdown is of people who like what generation this movie I think people older than us would have seen it and I don't know how much younger you would have to be to have is your friend younger no but like about the same age as us okay and like had seen it but then was under the impression that like none of their friends was really into it and what she said younger yeah what she said was that she thought it was something that appealed to like nerdy people before they were nerdy like people who were into like fantasy books and reading at a point in time when like other people were watching cartoons and like not necessarily getting into like fantasy things and stories huh. that are of that of nature of a nature that's surrounding a cool book you know because right. that's it's like jumanji being premised as being a cool board game movie which like worked at that point in time because everybody played board games because there was nothing else to do but like now board games are kind of a niche thing so huh if I jumanji came out again and that. was at a board game maybe it would be different well jumanji did come out again Again, but I actually don't know what it was about. Um, uh, it was about video games and it was actually super good. You should watch it. I've heard that it was good, but I haven't seen it and I don't know if I'll have time, but maybe I will. I've heard it was really Someday. Good. Somebody yeah. told me. I, I mean, you don't have to see it in theaters. It was just, okay. you know, it was fun. Well, good. Cause I mean, I've, I think I've missed the boat on seeing it in theaters at this point. <laughs> oh yeah. I did see, this is kind of going to date this podcast a lot, but I saw Annihilation in theaters. Speaking of movies in theaters. Did you? Um, no spoilers. I, I haven't seen oh it yet. Oh my God. But I'm really excited. It. It's so good. Okay. Um, We're definitely going it, to. Will you tell me what happens in the first five minutes? Because I came into the theater late because they had a problem printing <laughs> my ticket. Um, okay. And also parking. I will tell you. Yeah. Tell me what happens in the first five minutes. I don't think it's super important, but I would like to know what happened. But yeah, I like okay. watch it. And then I immediately went and uh, rented the audiobook. Uh, of the whole trilogy because I was like I need to know more about this world and it's it's fascinating and I've heard yeah I an Isaac Asimov short story that's like kind of the the inspiration for it that's like really I didn't realize that yeah it's um my friend was telling me about classic Isaac Asimov he just started all of the good sci-fi things um it was called like does a bee care let me Click, 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 click. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah Ansley lent me the uh, the paperback version of it. And it's I just haven't sat down and got through it yet, dry. but it's really short, so... Yeah, it is very short, but it's very dry. It's like, I don't know, I had I had a hard time kind of listening to it because it was just like so, maybe it was, maybe it just seems dry because the reader was like very kind of like flat, I think that's to do with the reader character. because everybody that I've talked to about the book was like, it was horrifying and hooked you from like page one right until the end and you can't put it down. It, it hooked me, but not because of, but just because I was like really like enthralled by just like the voice washing over me, but I found myself like tuning in and out a lot. So that's okay. probably just the um also like i listened to a lot of things at like slightly speed up speeded up speeds and i was listening to this at slow speed and anything mm, that like, makes a difference slow i can't i can't focus yeah on as well i'm a monster and i listen to podcasts <laughs> fast um i do too <clears throat> good okay, honestly the only time i notice now is the the introduction to sawbones because the like significant pauses that he puts in his like wording when he starts that go away in the fast yeah. podcast and yeah it sounds really strange because the inflection is all sorts of weird but otherwise <laughs> i never noticed that i listened to it on like one and a half speed like in the like in the disclaimer or in like justin's intro? yeah in the disclaimer part okay. no i also in, have my podcast mclroy like, dad cut the first like 15 seconds of most podcasts oh so I actually that's don't smart ever so hear. you never hear that because i know it like i know not to focus on my mystery boil or whatever i like i i know i'm not gonna make that mistake <laughs> 
so I just skipped that part. So that's interesting. But yeah, I have the silences yeah. cut out too. Um, a lot of people think I'm a monster, and I'm sorry that you're now in the monster club with me. That's okay. I'm fine being in the monster club. But yeah, Arr. this does a bee care is a science fiction short story by Isaac Asimov, and yeah, there's a I don't there's a guy named Kane in it. So cool. Maybe. Okay. Well, I'm excited so about it, and I'm definitely gonna go see it. <laughs> And it's, if you haven't seen Black Panther, I'm just going to throw out there that you absolutely need to see that movie as well. That I was when I was going to see the movies, that's what I was. Those are the two that I was kind of debating between. And I was like, well, yeah, Black you Panther's have to go see Black Panther, too. Yeah, so it's I'm amazing. Going to, for sure. Good. Um, Good. Good. I would suggest that you take some drugs before the end of Annihilation because oh, okay. it's just like so uh, visually interesting. OK, like. I don't know. I, I just felt like I would I would have been and you know you know me, I like don't. Um, yeah. but I would have been like very like it would have become transcendent if mm. I were like a little high for like Maybe the we'll last do we'll get some edibles or something half. for it. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. That would be my suggestion. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I don't just for like very the last rarely bit. wrong. <laughs> I don't know. That's not true at all. Uh I'm still gonna stick with it. Okay. Uh fine. Fine, okay. <laughs> I'm, keeping, okay, fine. I'm keeping my assessment. <laughs> you're very rarely wrong. <laughs> okay, I guess you're right. Um, let's talk about Never Ending Story. Why, okay. why do you like this movie? Well, yeah, tell me everything. Um, so I find it incredibly magical. As a child, I was a huge reader, as you probably know. And the idea <laughs> of being able to read a book and actually completely fall into that universe is like what I wish happened to me every time I picked up a book. And I'm going to say that I still wish that was the case now. So just the whole premise of it was fascinating to me from the very get-go of that movie. And then, oh gosh, the whole thing is just amazing. I mean, there's a flying golden retriever that is adorable and extra long. And I think there's... he's not adorable. I think he's pretty scary. Falcor? No, Falcor's yeah. amazing. He's like a wise wizard. He's like, he's got like a scary face. <laughs> Um, we'll okay, see if well, I still think he's scary. I think Falcor is magical and charming and like a wise wizard character that helps. Gosh, I'm even struggling to remember the main character's name because it's something Sebastian. a bit weird. Is it Sebastian? It's Sebastian. Okay, I don't know why that, I remember that. That helps Sebastian remember, through all of the world. I can world. remember the, um, the princess of the universe or whatever. What's her name? Uh, don't remember, but I remember that she there says, is a princess like, of the universe. And, and I remember the huge crazy tower that she has to or that she's like sitting in the top of or that in is like her space realm. yeah it's like in the middle of space yeah um, um did you have a huge crush on atreyu oh pff, of course of course okay, good. 100 <laughs> percent crush on atreyu um also the the crazy wolf guy at the end is like oh is was he the terrifying yeah was terrifying to me as a child and legit gave me nightmares all the time. But now I just look back on them as like the perfect amount of villain for that movie and for what I needed in my life because it was like just terrifying enough to like haunt me, but not so scary that it like actually damaged me in any way, shape or form. I feel like I never really, I never really like processed or like, I feel like I, uh, it was always interesting to me. I don't, I don't know exactly how to put this, but it was always interesting to me that the, there was a physical like representation of of something called the nothing mm -hmm. and it had been kind of am i right am, am i remembering correctly that it was like pretty nebulous for most of the movie and like didn't manifest in like a physical form until the end 
I think that's I think that's accurate. Okay. God, this movie is like so fuzzy. Oh, it's not Sebastian, so it's Bastion. I cheated. I'm sorry. Oh. What's what's Bastion short for? Sebastian. Yes. But they call him Bastion. His full name is Bastion Balthazar Bucks. That's Fuck quite that name. a name. And nobody <laughs> ever name. says his full name in the entire movie, so I don't know why that's a relevant piece of information. That's that's like that's like Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions. Like, you know, <laughs> like that's like extreme white privilege name. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. It. Oh god. I really so much it. so. Um, I hope I can get past that. I hope I can move beyond his his unfortunate name. Bastard. Um are there people i'm like trying to think back of like memories of this movie they're people made of rocks right i yes i remember people named of named or made of rocks i also remember a giant turtle oh and, yeah there's a giant turtle um which is like really cool i was super into the turtle as well i think i was also freaked out by the turtle yeah i was definitely freaked out by the turtle a little bit but like all in about a, the it, people made of rocks yes and oh wikipedia is also telling me that the wolf thing is called Gamork, and he is actually <laughs> summoned by the nothing as a representation of the nothing that can speak to Atreyu, which is Got it. why it's not, you know, talked about being a, a wolf creature early on. And now I'm going to stop looking at Wikipedia because it's cheating. Good. Um, cheating. <laughs> um, okay. What else do the we remember? The Bastion thing so was just bothering me. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I was pretty close. I feel good about being pretty close. Yeah. No, you were super duper close. Way closer than where I was going with it. I was I trying to think remember. of Atreyu and couldn't think of Atreyu, but forgot that right. there was a, a Bastion situation as well. Right. And then I don't, we didn't, did you figure out what the princess's name was? Um, it doesn't say. I don't She's know just she the childlike has, princess. There it is. That's what it is. I was like, I don't think she has a name. I think she's no. just got her like title and description. I was going to call her the princess of the cosmos, but that's because anything that I, I don't think know princess is of the cosmos the is good too. Prince I'm of the cosmos that. adjacent. And that's, that's the way it is. Um, from Katamari Damacy. Did you ever play Katamari Damacy? Yes. Um, good. the best game ever. It's very I good. It. I was the it's prince very, of the cosmos good. for Halloween one year and nobody at the party that I went to got it. Lame. They it was like one of the biggest Halloween cool parties video games. I've ever been to. They were like, are you drugs? I was like, no. Are you drugs? Because it looks like he's got a giant <laughs> pill head. Yeah, it's true. But and one person was like, video no, that game, game was and great. I was like, yes, it was really good. There's like a stormy night. Let's get yes, through this there movie is a- as, as well as we can remember. Okay, so I remember him reading this book in like an by attic. flashlight in an attic, like kind of under the covers in that like magical reading a book kind of way. Right. And then it's like lightning and stormy outside because he keeps getting scared of the lightning, which is why he's like up reading in the first place. And then like something happens and he just gets transported into like that universe. I'm pretty sure Falcor finds him first, right? I have no and idea then how he, gets... he like flies him around and it's bad CGI. Yeah. And Falcor's um, fur is like really, really strange with the with or not cgi but like green screen um, yeah and it's see color, i don't like, remember that really at all bad. the last time i saw it, i was young enough that like bad green screens were not something that was relevant to me and i just even when i was really young i was like giant this, flying dogs. this green screen is very concerning <laughs> and the the way that the fur looks on the green screen is is very bad and distracting to me and <laughs> hi i'm seven and i'm very critical of this movie <laughs> I'm excited to watch it then and see how bad it actually is. I mean, it's probably not as bad as I remember. Like, it's probably fine. I remember the wolf thing at the end being, like, very, very puppet-like and being conscious of that even as, like, a seven, eight-year-old. I think I've blocked So that's probably going to be really, really bad. Probably because it scared you, Kara. <laughs> probably. Probably. Okay, so then he gets given, There's- like... 
I can't remember what character or how it might be Falcor, but it's given the mission of, like, he needs to save the world from the nothing. Does he have and to save the world or the princess? Uh, I think both. <laughs> okay. Like, he needs to save the princess because the world is dying because of the nothing and she will also and die. The nothing if- is, like, sort of a, a metaphor for, like, losing your imagination, right? I definitely remember that being, like, the undercurrent because, just because of, like, where he's at in his life in, right. like, school and the real growing world. Like, he's he's growing up and isn't supposed to have fun reading fantasy books under the covers anymore. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a thing. And then he's on like a pretty, from what I remember, like archetypal hero's journey where he like right. encounters different creatures who give him different advice and like give him different challenges. And then he goes to the wolf thing and fights it. Does he fight the wolf and kill it? I don't know. Is this the one where Artax dies? No, isn't that the Dark Crystal? No, 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 no. It's definitely one of the never ending stories. Atreus' horse. Um, it oh. falls into the nothing swamp or something. Oh. Well, so this is a yes. series and I don't know if yes. it's in the first one, second one or the third one. That no, I think happens. you're right. I think I remember the horse dying. I also didn't realize there were three of them. You didn't realize there were three of them? Oh boy. <laughs> oh, no. oh boy. I no idea, Kara. <laughs> there are Do three we... of them. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. I mean, this is going to um, be an ongoing series. We don't have to do them all right away but i guess i guess we got i think for never ending story two since i'm not sure if i've seen it i want to interview you about it that's good and then we can we can do a role switcheroo and we'll have to figure out something else to do for three because i didn't see that one either i I also may have seen them and just don't remember them at all we can do the same thing because i've seen i've seen all three of them um okay multiple times i think in one of them they like switched some of the actors and i don't know i don't know who if it was bastion who switched or the princess or the kids she, might I have think, just gotten too old right exactly i think the princess becomes more uh of a prominent character i don't know if i remember the second one as much as the third one but yeah that was a series like poltergeist that i watched all three of a lot nice i watched Polter- the first one a lot okay. but yeah i had wow no you didn't know there three. were three i'm Okay, I I have to do a shout out here. I know my mom doesn't listen to this podcast, but if she ever does, Jane, what the hell were you doing not showing me Never Ending Story 2 and 3? Because I would have loved it and well, obviously needed to see all three episodes of this trilogy. Yeah, I mean, who knows Who knows what happens in the other ones? But if you remember Artax dying, then that happens in the first one. Yeah, I do. I do because I was very traumatized by horse death because it's I loved really sad. so much I, as a child. I don't and give a shit on horses between I horse never and did, human but... is beautiful. And, yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. I don't, I don't understand the horse hype. Um, horses um, are fine. It's fun to watch them run, but that's it. That's all I feel about horses. Well, I just, I don't understand either, Kira. They're magical. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a monster. I understand. Unicorns in real life. Did you ever watch the animated movie The Point? No. It's based on a Harry Nilsson album or maybe the album. I don't know how, but it, anyways, it's a Harry Nilsson album called The Point and it's about a boy who goes on a, an adventure and for some reason this movie and that movie seem really similar to me you should watch it by the way it's narrated by Ringo Starr oh 
Oh, yes. And the music is all by Harry Nelson, and it's basically my favorite movie. So we can watch that one at some point, too. <laughs> too, because okay, I really want to talk about it. Because um, that's one that I feel like zero people have seen. Yeah. Um, super deep cut. Yeah. Um, but it's... It, they might know. be similar just because the standard hero archetype of that type of right. movie and is like so similar. Like, I feel like The Dark Crystal has something. a very... Yeah, I feel like The Dark Crystal has a very similar plot, too. There's yeah. And there's also definitely, in the point, there's definitely, like, guys who are made of rocks who mm-hmm. talk to... Oh, yeah. Um, his name is Oblio, and he's great. And his dog is named Guys Arrow. Made of Rocks are just a solid fantasy trope. You gotta have Guys Made of Rocks. What other movies have Guys Made of Rocks? Um, I mean, there's the two giants made of rocks who battle in The Lord of the Rings that are like the mountains that come to life. I've never seen that movie, Katie. Oh, <sighs> <laughs> it's too can't. long it's too long i can't i, just, I can't i can't i'm not gonna um. see it i'm not gonna see it. <clears throat> and i feel like i remember that more from the books than i do the movie i don't know if they did the whole like true battle in the movie part of it but whatever you haven't seen either of them so it doesn't matter I'm or gonna... you haven't seen the movies or read the books hold on i'm gonna do a quick search okay but it like the like rock golems are like definitely a fantasy trope and they're all over D D. They're all over like fantasy video games. The like adventure quests that I used to run at the summer camp that I worked at always had rock people in them. You worked at a summer camp? Yeah. Did I know that? Um, yeah, because it's the super nerdy one where we used to battle oh, foam swords yeah. and okay. how I met like Chris and Everybody who I know that you know also. Okay, we've described a movie with Five scenes. I'm pretty sure it's longer than that. <laughs> I'm excited to see. But I don't remember. <laughs> I, don't, I don't either. I okay, remember I guess, the like. I guess that's good enough. The super duper like getting through the swamp part to get to the part with the wolf is like harrowing and like very long and that's the scene where the horse dies and there's like black sludge everywhere and it's super dark and then he's like devastated that his horse died and then he like finally gets to the wolf thing and he's just like devastated and miserable and like now has to fight this like terrible boss battle basically does he does the horse die because he like everybody I i feel like there was a thing in there where it's like your mood affects the surroundings and it if you're like happy or like optimistic, it's easier to pass. And then if you're like giving up hope or or getting like down on yourself, it becomes significantly harder. I don't remember that, a, but it's entirely possible. Awfully heavy-handed metaphor. That is a very heavy-handed metaphor. I think this but movie also is going like, to have a lot of really heavy-handed metaphors. I think it will too, and I think it's going to still be very valuable to watch as an adult, despite yeah, I'm the, interested, yeah. the bad well, special effects that we're definitely going to be faced with. Exactly. I think I think that's good that it has heavy-handed metaphors. I yeah. think kids need that. They need to know that like you have to beat them over the head with stuff. And I'm interested well, to see. Yeah, go ahead. The fact that if that if that metaphor is there and I don't remember it means that despite how heavy-handed it is, I might may still not have like got the gist of right. the film. So and for me, it was I like I like remember even then being like, oh, I see what you're trying to do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, oh, I get. It. <laughs> <laughs> cool. You're a very observant I've... and critical seven-year-old I think watching so. this movie. Way I more think, so than I me. Think, yeah. <laughs> And I'm trying to think of, like, maybe did I watch it, like, as an older person, and that's why... Did you watch it as, like, a throwback to being six or seven when you were in, like, the, hey, let's watch a cool throwback movie phase in your late teens, perhaps? I Not in my late teens, but maybe in my mid-teens, but I don't yeah. recall. Maybe, like, freshman year of high school, maybe, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't specifically remember... 
Because I did a I lot of like throwback movie watching with my friends at around that point in time. Yeah, but I don't think I, think I watched this one ever. Okay, I think we're I think we're ready to watch it. Yeah, I think we are too. I'm excited to see some flying dogs and like remember what this movie is all about. Yeah, Scotty said he saw it once, but he's really excited to see it again. Aaron also had seen it like once or twice and really wants wow. to watch it again. So we're gonna have this like a, a popcorn roommate movie night and watch it sometime Aww. this week. Oh, I'm so jealous. So I'm excited. <laughs> um, we'll take good notes because I think we're gonna. It's gonna have to be a while before we we record the next um the next sesh because no because i'm losing my microphone for a little bit and then traveling for a little cool. bit but maybe i'm excited for your travels me too yay i'm excited kira me too me too i'm glad somebody's <laughs> finally doing this movie because i think a lot of people have been like kind of tossing it around and interested in it but nobody is like committed to it well um, it's so mine it's finally is. yes Yes. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, cool. Awesome. I'm so excited too. And um, we'll, we'll be back in a second with our thoughts. And we're back. Hi. How, how are you? Oh, I don't need to ask how you are because that <laughs> destroys the illusion. The illusion um, of podcasting. But I actually do care how you are. <laughs> I'm good. Good. I feel like it's been a really long time because this is like the biggest gap in between. So I feel like we're going to say stuff and then it's going to be like, like, we, like I've already forgotten what we talked about, you know? I remember a little bit, but it was like you have done the whole Max Fun Drive between now and then. So I think your brain like completely <laughs> yeah, turned been, to mush and then came back to life. It's been a lot. Yeah. My my entire body was destroyed and then re, <laughs> um, reconstituted uh, stronger and more powerful than Kira, ever. Kira 2.0. <laughs> At least, at the very least. You think you got um, double? You think you might be 4.0? I mean, only time will tell. Well, I guess we'll see. And we'll see what happens next, Max Fun Drive, because that could dictate a whole nother upgrade system. Holy shit. You, I... might go, you might go from Kira to something completely different. Like maybe you'll start <laughs> using mountain names like Apple does for all of their software. I think, yeah, I'm going to go from, from cats to mountain. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, totally fair. <laughs> that, makes, that makes sense. What is Apple on right now in their software? Oh, I don't even know. Um, I think I stopped at like Snow Leopard, to be honest. Oh, that's bad. You need to get at least, that's before they even started mountains. There were like five I mean, mountains between now and then. What? And there was, that wasn't even the, that wasn't even like the, the last cat one. No, it was like the second to I, last cat one. I think Mountain Lion Maybe I had a cat one on my, oh, and then there's like Yosemite. Mm-hmm. There was a Yosemite. Maybe I had Yosemite at work. I think I'm on High Sierra right now, I want to say, shit. but I'm not looking at my computer. <laughs> I'm on a PC, so I don't even know. I've moved away from Max in my pers- personal and professional life unfortunately so that is devastating i'll never move away from max for professional use at least because you know photo editing right i'm working with google mostly like google products all day long so so we watched and i took two pages of notes on so did i awesome i know front and back or or what uh mine's like one and a third but i wrote very very small and it's not a normal piece of paper it's like a small notebook size i wrote pretty big and it's two page well one page front and back and so there's gonna be a lot of this <laughs> sound <laughs> yay it makes you sound very studious and authoritative like you know i what hope you're talking so about. i also hope i can read my handwriting because i wrote it with kind of a light colored pen i did too i wrote mine in like a mint color and it's very oh my god me too <laughs> <laughs> Never-ending story equals mint color, apparently. 
Did you use, was it a Sharpie? No, so I just bought these new pens that came in a set of 12 colors, and mint is one of them. And on one end, they have the fine writing tip, and on the other end, they have a perfect dot. So you can, like, Ooh. make a to-do list in the color by making dots in a row. Oh, my God. And then you can write next to it in a coordinating color. Pretty much as You are a productivity life. queen. I am. I, like, I that's, will say that. That's a fact that I know about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my first note about – so basically – well, okay. So let's start with, like, what did you think of um, this movie? Okay. So I actually thought it was amazing. I <laughs> loved watching it again. Um, it surprised me how short it was. Like, I remember yeah. when we were uh, talking about it beforehand and we could only remember five scenes we were like no 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 there has to be like more content that happens in this movie but we actually got like pretty much all five scenes pretty much happened. everything the only yeah. thing we missed was like the the trials that he has to go to in order to get to the southern oracle but yeah everything the, the else telescope totally the telescope lady and his what or the telescope mm-hmm. man and his wife who he was and really then the sphinx to. things and the yeah the other challenge that he had to go through but it is it's pretty short it's a very simple storyline it's like the classic like adventure storyline mm-hmm so there's not there's not like much to it, but I did really really enjoy watching it. Scotty, it, however, who did not watch it as a child and didn't have any of the nostalgic <laughs> memories of it, was like, "What what are we doing? Like, why?" Yeah, he, are he was texting me while you guys were watching it. He's like, <laughs> "That's right, I can understand why they call song. it the never ending story." <laughs> and it's I was so like, "Yeah, Scotty, feel you." It's like an hour and a half. Was it really? I think so. Yeah, it's too long. Well, he also made me watch Austin Powers, so like... Yeah, I we'll mean, get sitting through Austin Powers is like, it's a mind fuck. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to make me them. watch the whole thing with him because I made him watch Never Ending Story. Oh, no. Is that what I'm you're doing excited. tonight? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but even, okay, so even despite the fact that we like remembered every scene, mm-hmm. I it still, it still didn't like hit me nostalgically. Like when I was watching it, I was like when the turtle showed up. Yeah. Like, we had talked about that turtle mm-hmm. and it was still like, oh, I didn't remember this at all even though we had just talked about it, you know? Yeah, there were some parts that I remembered and then some parts where I was like, I remember feeling a certain way while watching it, but didn't remember the content of it. Like I had, when we were talking about it, I had forgotten that the horse died in that like sad swampy area. But watching right. it, I was like, oh no, no, no. I totally remember feeling devastated when this happened. And like when he meets the Empress right at the very end, I totally remember all of the like strange, like romantic tension feelings that I had as like an eight-year-old while I was watching it right and I think like that's funny because those are the things that I did remember like yeah. those were the like those were the things that I'm like okay in this movie the horse is gonna die and they're gonna meet the princess and she's gonna yell yeah at Bastion can you hear my cat I can hi baby she just on the <laughs> <laughs> little monster um it's her it's her petting time yeah um but like I was what surprised me was was just kind of how how quickly everything happened like mm-hmm. especially the Atreyu horse Artax dying scene yeah uh, like, all, all of like, his Atreyu journey things like escalated really really quickly right and that was like I don't know you didn't even have enough time to like form an emotional connection with Artax no, and then he was just like not really dead and I, I remember that being like like, so devastating but I feel like when I rewatched it like the placement in it I was like oh 
I don't I don't care about this horse that I don't know. Yeah, I definitely know? felt a little bit like so you know how nineties and early two thousands movies were just like and eighties too were just like paced very, very differently from yeah what we're used to yeah. watching now. Like I feel like as a child watching it I created a lot of like Im- like imaginary things that happened in between the sequences and like had my own reading on things because it's that pace of movie where you can actually have time to do that like it's like trying to sit down and watch blade the original blade runner now scotty had never seen it earlier in life so when we watched it together he was like this is the most boring movie i've ever seen like how can people actually watch this and i was like no blade runner is a it's a classic and i remember i think we talked about the fact that you weren't a super huge fan of it either um yeah because i also saw it as a grown-up and i didn't much a pacing thing yeah that that actually makes perfect sense because i also got just like bored out of my mind when Mm -hmm. i was watching blade runner um it is not like it's even watching it now as someone who liked it a lot as like a young teenager i still struggle with it because it does move really 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 slowly that's so interesting and i guess i don't know i mean obviously this is a very different movie than blade runner so i don't i don't quite I don't quite know how to compare them, but but that's a really interesting point. And now it makes me feel like I should watch Blade Runner again and just like sort of think about it in that way. Yeah. Because I was just like watching it and being like, oh, I guess this just isn't for me. But yeah. Like- and also thinking about the fact that like the special effects are wildly unique and innovative. So watching mm-hmm. it back, you're not like obsessing over every second of like the spaceship flying scene. But as someone watching it when it first came out, it, you know, it's like the original Star Wars, like seeing those right. effects would have just have been mind blowing. Like you could have just sat back in the theater and like let it all wash over you and that would have been entertaining enough to like carry the whole movie right oh that's yeah that's interesting sterling but she has such a pretty purr she's being super needy it's very it's very cute sorry about it i just dropped her she just i just accidentally i have like a bag of tupperwares that i brought from because they were like clogging up my car and i just dropped her and she landed on the tupperwares <laughs> so it made a bigger sound than it truly well <laughs> she's yeah. not that big she doesn't make that much noise when she moves around and that's true she's pretty little right bud and she's back okay so the movie starts with wait 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 can i read it? you my first note because oh yeah i think it's really entertaining uh i just wrote trippy ass clouds and 80s music in opening minutes because that's all that happens for like the first seven minutes of the movie. It's true. It's true. The movie is, is tight and short, but they do have a very long opening cloud credits. That's funny because my first note is um, also about how 80s the theme song is. Oh, it's so good. And, and then how I didn't... Though. Right. Oh my God. And I didn't remember the verse, but as soon as the chorus started, I was singing along. The never ending story. Ending story. Na, 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 na. <laughs> exactly and i'm glad we're singing again on our next iteration of podcasting together since our oh first my god we have to sing on every singing. episode it's yeah. it's kind of a lot i think and yeah then i wrote really weird weather mm, yeah so i think our first, so. our first notes are the same <laughs> like what could be causing this plot <laughs> So the movie opens with Bastion, what was his, Balthazar Bucks. Yep. Butts? But I think it's Bucks, like with an X. Okay. Bastion Balthazar Bucks, awkward nerd kid in his house with his dad and it's... It's clear that something's happened to his mom, but they Mm -hmm. don't really go into what. Yeah. I wrote, the boy's name is Bastion, dash, dash, dash. The bowl cut, though, exclamation Mm -hmm. point. Uh, Underneath that, it says mom's dad, and then I, or mom's dead. And then under that, it says, um, dad's drinking raw blended eggs while they're talking. 
Yeah, I, uh, my note is dad blends eggs in blender and drinks them, and I almost just straight up had to turn the movie off. It was so it was bad. So gross. It was so, so gross. Did he put anything? Because I like looked no, down and it was just back up. eggs. Like just eggs. Theoretically, there could blend... have been orange juice in there because of the coloring, but you never saw the orange juice go in. You only saw the eggs go in. Okay, I, you don't. Here's the thing: if you're just gonna drink eggs, you don't need to dirty your blender for that. You can just whisk them and drink them. Mm-hmm. But also gross. And yeah. don't don't do that. No. I my dad has stories of my grandfather doing that and cracking eggs into the blender with orange juice and drinking it and oh god isn't that how you get salmonella yeah absolutely it is oh my god yuck that's terrible good i'm glad so far our notes are completely (laughs) the same (laughs) what's what's your next note love his messenger bag and skinny jeans exclamation point uh oh that's it's a chase scene because it was mine where he's getting bastion is drawing unicorns oh bastion (laughs) yeah i i related to that a lot because i was totally kid who like drew nerdy unicorns in class his dad was like you have to stop drawing horses he's like they're not horses they're unicorns and i was like yeah unicorns dad don't you understand you're so whimsical how (laughs) sweet is that and then i also didn't know how old he was how old do you think bastion was supposed to be because he's on like the swim team Mm, 11 is my guess holy shit he seems way like he looks way younger than 11 don't you think i think he looks 10 or 11 okay I guess I don't know how old kids look because to me he looks like he's like eight. Mm, I mean, eight to ten is mostly like a height jump, not a facial okay like maturity jump. So ten year olds basically look like taller eight year olds, and he is pretty tall. Okay, I don't hang out with that many kids, so <laughs> I'm basing uh. it off of like the two children that I do hang out with. So not yeah, neither of us are really experts in this field. Um, okay, so yeah, then he gets he gets chased by chased some by bullies. bullies. Classic you know beginning of an 80s movie storyline oh my god this is basically what can you think of a single movie that doesn't from this period that doesn't have like the main character being chased by a bunch of bullies no not at all it always Me happens neither. like somebody gets the, shoved into a locker somebody's lunch money gets stolen like right it's a, it's a classic they get thrown trope. into a dumpster yeah yeah i feel like this movie is very very cliche and mm-hmm. i don't I don't know if that's because it was at the time or if it kind of created because I know this is like you know a pretty well-regarded movie Mm -hmm. but it just god it just felt so cliche to me. I think it's a little bit of both because while I don't I definitely don't think it's the first movie that any kid ever got chased around by bullies and like any of the adventure stuff happened I think it's just like it's more that it's playing into tropes that were like recognized as tropes at the time and now when we watch it we're like oh my god this is like way overdone but it was maybe in like the the early stages where it was still okay for all of those things to be happening without it being super unoriginal that makes sense it was I, I was just so tired I was like I, I don't want to watch this anymore because I've seen it so many times um, a never-ending story. <laughs> and then he somehow ends up in like this bookstore because he's trying to hide mm-hmm. from the bullies. Yep. After he gets stuck in the dumpster and comes out with straw on his head for some reason, because people <laughs> in the city definitely throw a lot of straw away. <laughs> yeah, naturally. You know, from all the you know the horses. Yeah, and the, the farming. Yeah, definitely all. Of them. Now my cats are having a battle. I don't know if you heard Pico. <laughs> smack <laughs> oh my god you guys um yeah so i really liked the 
how like reverse psychology the like old man in the bookstore was he was like dude definitely don't read this book like <laughs> wink I wink logistics definitely questions. don't read this book at all how? and then he like leaves the room and is like stay here with this book that i just told you definitely not definitely to read. don't read like come on <laughs> um so here's the question so it was obviously like planned mm -hmm. but how did he know that bastion was gonna come into the bookstore fate oh my god and then oh jeez. oh jeez. <laughs> starling can you not okay so okay so the guy, the bookstore owner, is sitting there reading this book that's mm -hmm. presumably for children mm -hmm. and just, like, hoping for a kid to walk in. I don't I don't buy it. No, I think the guy is reading it and he's participating in his own adventure while that's <gasps> happening. Because what the, do you think? the idea of the never-ending story... No, not at all. Because you create the universe that is inside the Neverending Story book. But it has a place to start. Probably. Like, well, it does because he does. In a world like, a long, long time ago in a galaxy like... far, far away. But it takes a long time for Bastion to get into it. Like, he has to meet, like, all the characters and stuff, and then he kind of gets invested. No, I like, think it's, it's totally until... his world the whole time. Oh, okay. Or at least that's my interpretation of it, and was when <laughs> I was a child as well, so I'm sticking to it. That's fair. I like that. I think I thought that it was, like, a story that existed that he... Um... I, so I think it's a world that existed, that exists, but then as soon as a person picks up the book and starts reading it it's like pulling information out of their imagination to populate it because the nothing would probably be consistent across everybody who reads it because at that point in time the world is struggling to survive because not enough people are thinking about fantasy things okay but so it's always sort of still that same sort it would of always quest. yeah similar similar idea at least if anybody during that point in time picked up the book after bastion like names the empress and the nothing goes away and he repopulates the world who knows like maybe it would open up to be a different person's imagination and then nothing wouldn't be there but do you think if bastion had failed somebody else would have had to have like taken over that world or do you think that that world was like unique to bastion and then once he fails he just turns into his dad and starts drinking raw eggs for breakfast Mm, I don't know because I can't I don't know and wouldn't feel comfortable saying if the world is everybody's imaginations which it kind of was implied that it might be or if it's only Bastion's imagination because he seems to have so much control over it that right. it could just be Bastion's imagination but also I think the Empress literally says at one point that it's like the the everybody has to believe a various thing from Peter Pan like the world only exists because people's imagination right i was way. just actually thinking of yeah it's definitely analogous to peter pan yeah. in a lot of ways but then it also gets at the very end and we can kind of get into this more when we're at the end but it also gets like super meta because the audience also becomes like a participant mm -hmm. in the story mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is a lot <laughs> <laughs> but anyways so it's like a build your own adventure book here right well kind of except you're just watching it and it's yeah. not interactive at all uh you um, can pretend it's interactive you can shout like i do believe in fairies yeah exactly then... i used to shout that one yeah i think i think i did too i think when i was in peter have we talked about peter pan in every did we talk about peter pan before i don't think so i feel like we have but maybe maybe not i don't know what, you how we would have peter talked pan? to peter pan or talked about Peter Pan in relation to the Backstreet Boys. You know, that's probably true. Maybe in relation what? to the Halloween one. But were you also in Peter Pan once, Katie? Mm -mm. Oh, okay. Somebody was. I don't know who I'm thinking of. Because I was in Peter Pan once. Um, <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so then they start the story and it starts out with these like Alice in Wonderland type guys. Mm-hmm. Totally reminded like, me of Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. It was definitely I mean, like think... a Hatter character. And right. There was the weird snail guy. And the like bat guy. Mm-hmm. And they're like just hanging out in a forest and then something scary happens which is a giant rumbling mm-hmm. and it turns out that it's the rock guy. Which I remember and... that scene with the rumbling and the wheel coming closer being so terrifying as a child. Like I thought all <laughs> of those guys were just going to die and they love the juxtaposition of this huge giant rock guy who's just like actually really friendly yeah me too i like that too i think that's true of all rock guys in movies is that the rock guys are always like harmless in guardians of the galaxy the rock guy is like this hilarious south african dude that was a a, like supposed to be a total cameo thing but that was so funny that they can actually give him a role throughout the whole movie that's awesome. Is that in the second one or the or both of them? First one. I can't remember if he makes oh, an appearance boy. in the second one. Jeez, it's been a long time since I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy and I don't remember it at all. Oh, you should watch um, it again. It's very good. Yeah, probably. But yeah, he is. he's just like a super friendly guy, but he's made of rocks and everybody's still kind of scared of him. And they're kind of like, well, he is kind of scary because he is he like is there giant. is a huge risk that also that he'll just drop a rock on you um, accidentally. Right. Like and he's like going to take a bite out of a rock and like the little crumb that falls out of his mouth is big enough to crush a normal sized creature right and it doesn't seem like he actually eats the rocks he just sort of crushes them mm-hmm. and chews them up a little well and yeah i mean his, his digestive system would be rocks so i feel like it's more the like satisfaction of chewing on something that would be actually gaining sustenance from it <laughs> good i'm glad we got into the biology of the rock crusher well yeah because what's on the inside of them i don't know it's just more rocks probably yeah like, exactly so why does it matter if you just choose and swallows the rock or just choose it that's true again. i guess it's like what do like what do robots eat like batteries but they don't actually eat them they just <laughs> sort of like chew on them yeah yes exactly. right i don't know yeah but yeah so then they why what happened what happens they um so they see they see that the nothing is coming and then they all like join together and decide that they're gonna go to the ivory tower and talk to the princess which they find or mm-hmm. something because then it cuts to the princess's like ambassador guy Mm -hmm. and he was really cool i really this was honestly probably my favorite scene in the movie it's a good scene just all those little characters with their like outfits so it's basically like the ambassador and he's like holding court and telling everybody that the princess is really sick and they need to find a treu to defeat the nothing Mm -hmm. and it's just all these people who live in fantasia this land that they they're in and there's some really cool ones there's one that's like a guy and he has at least two faces yeah yeah he's really cool and then there's some that are just like these giant like rock heads Mm -hmm. that just sort of like wobble around and express Mm -hmm. um and it's just like i don't know that was probably like the coolest thing just because the the kind of creativity and variety of those little characters yeah it's a really good world building moment yeah in the same way that like the cantina scene in star wars Exactly. It's like that iconic world building thing. It's like, look at all of these different aliens that there are across the whole galaxy. And it looks so much fun to make scenes like that. You're just like, yeah, right. let's put some like rock heads in there. Why, why not? And it's like so much, I don't know, it just seems like so much effort for like very little payoff. And I always just want m- more of that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I could watch a whole movie about the cantina scene in Star Wars. And I could yeah, watch like a totally. whole movie about like the weird kind of throwaway characters in this just because they're like so visually interesting. And I want to know, I want to know what their stories are. What are their lives like? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I've been a huge fan of like Snail Guy and his snail that like somehow moves 8,000 times faster than any other <laughs> snail that's ever existed. Yeah, yeah. But we're, we're cut away from our time 
time with them by the appearance of our favorite boy, Atreyu, who also is a child. Yeah, like, and then they're kind of like, wait a minute, you're not you're not the one that we want we wanted the warrior and he's yeah. like okay well bye and they're like no 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 no. <laughs> hold on hold on hold on we didn't mean to insult but... you so much that you left just a little bit <laughs> he he handles that scene really well i think that like atreyu is probably the best actor kid in this movie oh yeah definitely he's much better than bastion for sure oh my god bastion is the worst mm-hmm. he's so bad and i think it's not his fault i think no he's not i mean i never want much to work with I, I never want to blame child actors for like not being able to perform a role as well as another child actor does because it's right. a hard gig your kid it's a totally hard gig and especially for him because he's like most of the time he's just supposed to be like reacting to this book he's reading so yeah. he basically is just like looking up from a book and saying something <gasps> oh, completely outlandish yeah i could only is- go like oh wow this happened in so many different ways too <laughs> right exactly and i think i mean i don't know i, I blame the writing more than i blame the acting yeah but fair, fair. boy oh boy do i blame the writing it was it was <laughs> bad it was really bad it is not um, amazing that is for sure but atreyu was great and he he had some some people to play off of so he did a good job so he they give him his quest which is to go like find the nothing basically and defeat it yeah and he gets um, the magical necklace which is right. important because it becomes a deus ex machina later on just like almost right. everything else in the story yeah um <laughs> yeah so the, the necklace can like answer your question what what is it that it can do exactly um it's a i wrote down it's a magical necklace granting the empress's power and blessing whatever what i don't know what that means because i don't <laughs> think the empress's powers were really laid out in a codified sense at any point also she's really sick so theoretically she doesn't have yeah, right? her powers <laughs> she's like laying in also bed dying. she's like nine yeah. so the world uh, is ruled by so children in this universe <laughs> this is true this is totally true which is like you would think that if the princess is so young um or the empress you would think that they would be like okay with atreyu being a child and right like it seems shit. like the children are the superior race in this world and like you should yeah. be expecting a child when you summon a warrior yeah. because the empress is also a child yeah that was okay that's weird that's a that's a, <laughs> that's a flaw in the logic of this movie and i don't know if i can get over it uh, fair enough um, um so the next scene i think is basically when our text dies right uh so it's atreyu writing off into the distance and we get like a solid two minutes of him just like writing our through the world in like a super epic way and i think that <laughs> two minute stretch is like as long as i needed to bond with Artex enough to cry when he died when i was a child i yeah i guess i, I mean, guess because there's nothing else with him so right what else exactly. was i reading into <laughs> exactly and that was i when i was watching it this time i was like because i i saw it coming because i've seen that scene a million times and i mm-hmm. very like emotionally like i know i know it very well and i was like oh no there this is where he dies wait a minute it's too soon for him to die <laughs> nope it's he not he can't die already it's not but sure enough he dies he basically dies of sadness he got sad and um, he didn't want he to lets, move anymore yeah he lets that the nothing get to him when he's like standing in a puddle of quicksand mm-hmm. and he just basically lets himself get enveloped into the quicksand which is like pretty heartbreaking it's if you so really think about it like what a what a shitty like metaphor and also what a shitty way to die like you just feel worse than you've ever felt before in your life right you drown in quicksand Ugh. right i mean i guess it's not a shitty metaphor it's a metaphor for a shitty thing yeah and like really kind of heavy for a kid's movie yeah but, totally um, um but yeah I, I made a note that that was like 33 minutes into the movie and yeah. we've only met our text for a quick second yeah and then he's dead um but you do see how much atreyu cares about him 
which is devastating. Right. For sure. He does some good acting in that scene. He does. Um, Especially considering that he was probably just standing on solid ground trying to like yell at the horse and make it move because the the swamp probably wasn't in real life. Listen to who's back. Oh, hi, pretty girl. Oh, my goodness. Okay, bud. Luke looked Um, up because he thought I was talking. He thinks he's a pretty girl, apparently. (laughs) He is a very pretty girl. But yeah, so then he continues on his quest, and the next character that he meets is Morla, the giant turtle. Yes, the Um, wise one. Which, even though we definitely, (laughs) definitely talked about this turtle, I still wrote down, I do not remember this giant turtle. Uh, Yeah, Um, I mean, I don't remember the full conversation, and I definitely don't remember the sneezing thing, which was like, I mean, as a child, I would have laughed at that really hard, probably, but as an adult, I was like, really, we're doing this, you're allergic to humans, come on. Yeah, (laughs) I found Morla um, incredibly relatable, and she was honestly probably my favorite character in the movie. I think so. She talks in the third person, Mm -hmm. and... She's very very much a Yoda kind of character. She lives in a swamp, and she talks in a strange third person-like dialect. Yeah, but when when Atreyu asks her why, she says, um, we haven't talked to anyone in thousands of years, so we started talking to ourselves. (laughs) And I was like, I love you, Morla. That is so wonderful. (laughs) Like, that's very relatable. And a good way of coping with loneliness. Yeah, absolutely. So I really, <laughs> really appreciated that. I didn't understand why Bastion was terrified of the turtle. Like, when the turtle's head came up out of the, like, mountain shape that you thought it was, he screamed and threw the book away from him. And I was like, it's he a, flips it's a out at turtle. Everything. Like, really? Because that's <laughs> the first really moment big. that he realizes that the characters can hear him. Because both Atreyu and the turtle look around for what made the yelling noise. <laughs> That's true. Although, to be fair, I mean, I would be, it's a really big turtle. And also, Bastion is a, a little bit of a drama queen. I guess. So, yeah. I think, I think that is the only explanation. Yeah. I wrote down, turtle doesn't give a shit. And yeah. also that she's allergic <laughs> to humans. I, I wrote down, we don't care whether or not we care. Um, which was really she's good. so nihilistic. I love it. Oh my god. I and then just... she was like, oh, dying would be like the most interesting thing that's happened to me in a thousand years. <laughs> I love that so much. Right? Oh god, this turtle is the best part of the movie. <laughs> for sure. Um, way better than the dude who's super shitty to his wife later. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the pits. Okay. Yeah, he was gross. So, oh god. Okay, so, the, so the only useful piece of information that the turtle gives him is that he should go talk to the Southern Oracle because the Southern Oracle might know something else that the turtle doesn't. And right. then Atreyu goes back out into the swamps. And meets and is rescued. He's like, I guess, really injured by the well, turtle Well, he's really injured. Yeah, well, I think he's injured by sadness more than anything and like having to slog through the swamps knowing that his journey isn't over because the turtle didn't give him all of his answers right and then he's you also see at the same time the spooky wolf running to like try and catch him which is why he needs to be rescued by falcor right so he like passes out at some point mm-hmm. and that's when he's falcor rescues tired, him tired like, boy i mean if I this know, is all a... happening over the course of a day he had a really long day yeah he's a tired sad boy mm-hmm. um it's fair but yeah he's rescued by falcor uh, here's the here's the other thing all of this is happening like throughout the course of, in in bastion's timeline in the course of a day and bastion is just like sitting in the attic of his school mm-hmm. and it's getting progressively stormier and also mm-hmm. just like nighttime mm-hmm. which is did you notice was that weird to you i assumed that he had done like a me reading the harry potter books kind of marathon where he just like stayed in the school after the school closed but like wouldn't his dad eventually be worried about where he was 
Also, if you, like, didn't like go home. That attic is spooky as hell. Oh, and it's being super at a spooky. school, like being at a school at night is even if the school's like totally normal and not at all spooky, it's like it's incredibly wrong. You're not spooky. supposed to be there. Nobody's supposed to be there. Right. So he's th- this was like I found this very every time they cut back to Bastion, I was like kind of very taken aback and mm-hmm. kind of taken out of the experience because I was like, no way. This is too weird. Yeah. No school um, has a attic this spooky and yeah, no kid should be really sitting scary. in the attic of the school until spooky late hours of the night. Right. During a terrifying thunderstorm to boot. No, exactly. Like, no thank you. Yeah. Um, He could have easily just gone home after school and kept reading. That would have been what I would have done. Except for, I guess, a shitty dad. Yeah. Maybe his shitty dad doesn't let him read, especially not books with cool snakes on the cover that look like they might be about unicorns. He just has to go back to swim meets mm-hmm. um no no <laughs> reading only swimming yep okay that's ugh, just keeps fuck that dad i hate that dad so much and he's like he's like i don't know he's he very much reminded me of the other like every basically shitty dad in every movie that i've watched like specifically the dad in little monsters mm-hmm. he reminded me a lot of him yeah. just like just the absolute worst yeah just like the caricature of like what toxic masculinity is basically right kind of like and like not not like straight toxic masculinity but like kind of like weaselly toxic masculinity (laughs) which i feel like it was a weird weird thing that these movies had but i feel like it was pretty common anyways if um, it was a relatable experience for the people watching the movies it makes sense for them to keep making those characters which is a shitty thought yeah that's that's totally true well i'm really glad my dad is not like that me too and he's i don't as far as i know he's never drank drunk drank an egg from a blender you should ask him though just to make sure yeah i guess otherwise it might be a red flag that he is one of these guys i mean he's eaten a lot of weird stuff but i think i don't know (laughs) i think he would have put something in he would have put like almonds in it or something like you know something to make it a little less gross Mm. who knows but yeah so then falcor is there and he he is cooler than i remembered i remember Falcor's amazing he's he's a little weird and scary a little weird and scary but in like a super amazing way he's like a strange mix of being a cuddly golden retriever and also being like a terrifying sky spirit dragon he's like a weird snake dog person which is a combination that's like actually pretty freaky if not, you think not about snake it. dragon dragon dog yeah but what is a what is a dragon but a snake with legs i feel like a lizard is more accurate in that <laughs> sense. i, I also true. just don't find snakes scary i think snakes are really cool so i don't have a like negative gut reaction to a scary snake type creature but I find them kind of disconcerting in a way. Mm. Have you ever come across a, tra- a, a snake on a trail that you're hiking on? Yeah. And With we have, uh, yeah, and we have garter snakes in our yard that we see all the time. Have you ever come across a rattlesnake? No. I almost got bit by a rattlesnake. Have you told you my rattlesnake story? No. Oh, was man. When where? I was in, um, I was in Zion National Park last year. I was with my, um, with my friend Zach. We were driving. Yeah, I remember when you were driving it through it. Yeah. And we had camped in Zion and we were going to go on this hike. And how did you not I... tell me about this when it happened? I saw you after maximum i know i don't know why i didn't maybe this is traumatizing i also feel like i told a lot of people so i don't know but i went to the bathroom at the trailhead which was kind of like away from the parking lot a little Mm -hmm. and then i walked out on this kind of like outcropping of rocks to get a better view of you know zion from the top because it was like absolutely stunning and so i was like sort of balanced on these two rocks like bracing myself and i i heard a snake Mm -hmm. 
um and i looked down and underneath one of the rocks that one of my feet was on like you know a foot from my leg (laughs) was this like very very big like he was probably he was coiled so i couldn't tell how big he was but he was probably like a couple feet long at least and he was he was rattling at me and uh and like kind of uncoiling a little (laughs) and i yeah because i mean i don't I don't know what I would have done because we were like, we were pretty remote. Like there was no cell service and we we're probably, it was like up this like crazy winding road yeah. that had been like a 40 minute drive. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know what, because I, I don't think we would have been able to get anywhere quick enough if yeah. he had bit me. Get but to I like cell signal like, and then call flight for life or something. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I still don't really know. I guess I should look up what to do if you get bit by a rattlesnake, but. The biggest thing um, is to not walk. Like, if you walk, yeah. it greatly increases the chances of the venom being moved around and hitting, like, your heart and lungs and vital organs versus, like, <sighs> if you stay put where you are and don't you move just gotta, your like, foot around and, like, send somebody it. else to get help, then you can yeah. end up better off. Oh, my God. That's so scary. But, but that's, like, a matter yeah, of, like, like, you die in half an hour versus, like, several hours. <sighs> so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I like ricocheted off that rock so fast and oh just god, like, ran bet. back to the trailhead. Oh my god, um, I would have been shaking and then for I was, hours. Yeah, I was a little spooked for the rest of the hike. I was I like bet. constantly <laughs> looking where my feet were and fortunately it was like a pretty wide trail so i would have been able to see anything coming but mm-hmm. yeah it was a little spooky <laughs> um but it was a beautiful hike and i'm glad we went and uh and zach was a really great person to drive across the country with and i you know he probably he probably would have known what to do sure um, yeah I, i'm probably just because i wouldn't have doesn't mean we would have been screwed yeah because zach would have saved me you can also so get thanks, zach. we used to have to have these in our uh camp counselor first aid kits but you can get snake bite kits mm-hmm. and i'm not sure mm-hmm. what they do because I never had to open one or use one, but what that's a like a thing. So, so Atreyu takes him. Falcor. Like, yes. Falcor takes, takes him Atreyu. to, like, as far as I can tell, just like an island in the sky somewhere. Yeah, basically. Without without Atreyu asking, Falcor has basically already taken him, like, 99% of the way to yeah. where he needs to go. The journey that was supposed to take him days and days and days because it's 10,000 miles is just all of a sudden not a problem. Hence days and the days and days to go 10,000 miles on foot. Talk about, like, way longer than that. <laughs> um but yeah so they, they get there and it's it's basically yeah just an island in the sky which is inhabited by a really shitty guy who's just mean to his wife all the time mm-hmm. and i hate him yep he was the worst he was absolutely the worst and i wrote and the sh- the guy who's just real shitty to his wife teaches atreyu how to beat some sphinxes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which... by looking through a strange telescope that had all sorts of knobs and gears and yeah. right and the trick to beating the sphinxes is you can't beat them you just have to like i don't know believe in yourself you have to like and like be humble at the same time you can't know your own worth but you have to be confident that's and he doesn't do those things because the sphinxes are still gonna blast him with their eyeballs he just manages to get through on time so okay so you have to know not know your own worth so you have to think you're trash Mm -hmm. like what what does that what does that mean i don't know i guess being being like modest and humble and yet still courageous enough to like try for it Ugh, i don't like that one bit no me either um but atreyu does it he goes through he doesn't get his the the laser eyes don't open and kill him and um and then gnome guy is very the, happy and like screams about it to his wife who's who's just like okay totally <laughs> yeah. done with him yeah <laughs> which she's also another relatable character and then he has to so go to the mirror the... gate which is like glass covered in icicles 
and when you look at yeah. it, you see your true self, and they, it, like, I don't know how literal this was, but it was, like, Bastion and Atreyu were, like, looking at each other, because yeah, Atreyu, like, looked weird. in the glass, and then it cut to a scene of Bastion in the attic, and he was like, oh, what, no, and then it went back to Atreyu, and, like, nothing really happened after that yeah i this is where i started getting a little confused by what because this is where they like kind of where bastion like becomes like tangibly a part of the story Mm -hmm. other than just sort of being a little bit audible when he yells yeah so the oracle tells atreyu Mm -hmm. that the way to defeat the nothing is to give the princess a new name yep and that only a human child could give the empress a name right and, and then, then they start super spookily crumbling and they're like, we're going to be destroyed. <laughs> and then Bastion looks out the window and says, they should just ask me, my mother. She had such a beautiful name or something like that. And I was just like, I, I hate this movie. Kitty, I hate this movie. It was so bad. And he's like looking wistfully out the window and there's this lightning storm. And I'm just like, I hate this movie. I'm sorry you hated this movie, Kara. Truly. Me too. Me too. Um... <laughs> So, so then, so then oh Atreyu goes back to Falcor and asks Falcor if he can fly him to the world where humans come from so that he can get a human child and bring it into Fantasia. But they crash and Atreyu's on like a beach and he runs into the rock troll guy who tells him super yeah. sad stories about the other friends of his not being like alive anymore. <laughs> Yeah. like dark um, guys yeah it's getting it's getting really weird the whole the whole universe is like crumbling into like and s- like spooky black clouds yeah and like truly like literally exploding mm-hmm. so the the only place that's still okay is the ivory tower where the princess is you're so skipping the go? the wolfy part oh, he, yeah, he wanders around on the cave on the on the beach and then he finds the cave that had paintings of him and artex and he's like what this is me and then somehow like finds the wolf in the cave what's the wolf's name again Mm, something spooky i I can look it up yeah something spooky and like very fantasy yeah you know i was hoping you would write it down because i was like i don't know how to spell this no (laughs) that was when i was i like as soon as bastion said the thing about his mother having a beautiful name. <laughs> like, I, like I completely checked. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I completely checked out. I was like, this movie has lost me. It's fucking dumb. Uh, Gamork. Gamork. Yeah. <laughs> That's not spooky at all. No. Oh, Gamork. But yeah, Gamork is a representation of the nothingness, and he explains mm-hmm. that to Atreyu. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else he says. And he uh, he explains to Atreyu that the that Fantasia is dying because humans are forgetting the imaginary world. And then he Atreyu was like, "Why are you doing this?" And he was like, "I've been sent by the nothing, and I'm like representing the nothing." And he was like, "Why would you be helping the nothing?" And he says, and I wrote down this quote because I thought it was a really good one: "People who have no hope are easy to control." So he's ready to take advantage of all the shit that goes down because nobody has any hope anymore wow okay that's pretty cool i thought it's a good quote a nice that is a really good quote nice bite there to take away from you um also relevant mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like that's like what super relevant do, right? yeah Blech um yikes this is very sad so then they like they fight and Atreyu wins and then he goes back out onto the beach and Falcor finds him and then they're flying again and the world is like literally just like asteroids in black space 
space, but they find an asteroid that has the ivory tower on it. Right. And that's where the princess lives. And mm-hmm. she's just like in her bed because apparently she's sick, mm-hmm. but she seems fine. Mm-hmm. It looks perfectly normal. Great, great um, skin tone. Not I don't know puking. if she looks perfectly normal. She looks like she's wearing way too much makeup for a child. Yeah, that's fair. But and she for, isn't impressed. Honestly, for anybody. It, you know, it's that's like true. the, it's like Padme slash Natalie Portman in the first Star Wars movie in like the very, very first Yeah, but that was like, where she's you like know, stylized like wearing... face paint. But it's still a lot of makeup. Yeah, it's true. An yes, unnecessary face paint, but, but if you're sick, have you ever worn that much makeup when you're sick? No, I just don't leave the house. <laughs> Exactly. But in any case, she she explains that the only way to save Fantasia, again, she explains what the Oracle said, which is mm-hmm. to have a, 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 a human child give her a new name. Yeah. Which and they, she also says the child is already there. Yeah. And, then, and they focus on the fact that he's human, like, a lot. A tree which, looks pretty human to me. Yeah. And so like, does I don't, the, the Empress. Yeah. So it was kind of, like, I don't know, they, they hit that note a little too hard for my taste. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she's she's like, and he's already here. And then she gets, ba- well, Bastion's like, no, they can't be talking about me. Like, no way. There's absolutely no way. It's yeah, not me. No, no self-confidence um, there at all. Right. He doesn't know his well, own worth. Well, it's also just like, your books don't start talking to you typically, so. No, but he did know it was a special book. That's true. That's true. And he's like bought pretty hard into it this whole mm-hmm. time. So he should have been a little bit quicker on the draw for that. But whatever. He's a, he's a little dummy and I don't care about him. <laughs> he's the worst. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he so he he keeps saying like oh no no it's not me like i'm not gonna say the name also like if you don't know maybe just try it and see what happens right like maybe just shout it out instead of being like i i'm believing against this so firmly that i'm just not even gonna try saying a name out loud because right. you could have said but it guess, like five minutes earlier and she wouldn't have had to scream at him yeah because she starts screaming his name and he's like no i can't because i have to go to swim team or whatever yeah. like doesn't he like <laughs> as soon as she says his name i'd be like oh okay you are talking to me oh here's me. my name yeah. yeah like but my name he, is bastard he, he chooses that time to like listen to his dad's advice and right? like try to get his head out of the clouds mm-hmm. which is like mm, bud you you did bad you've You're been sitting so in a school's attic with your head in the clouds literally all day and now it's not the yeah to check out yeah but, um do you remember what the name is because i could not make it out uh i don't think they actually say it I think he yells it out the window he yells it super loud yeah but that you don't hear it i'm gonna google it because i feel like I'm you Googling do too um what is Bastion's mom's? Why are Obrissa? Orissa. Orissa. And it's amazing that I can just Google what is Bastion's. Oh no, wait. No, there's a lot of different answers. Somebody, something said Orissa, and something says it's Moonchild. Oh, so this, <laughs> so this, I'm reading a Reddit thread that's on like a fan theory subreddit. Yeah. And it says that this is it's an audible shouting that's confirmed. Um, oh. And this is the okay. part where the movie is forcing you to use your imagination and therefore bringing you as an audience member into the story as well. Oh my god. Okay, thanks, movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm reading something on Internet Movie Database that says, It's Moonchild. The movie was translated from the original German novel where the name he ca- calls out is Mundenkind. Hmm. Um, whether this is the name of his mother, as the film suggests, or something he just made up is open for debate. But if you listen closely, you can see he says Moonchild. So who knows? Who knows? Um, I wonder if you go back and watch it in like super slow motion, you can hear the... Yeah, thing. yeah. The next article is a BuzzFeed article called Nine Reasons Why Adults Should Never Watch the NeverEnding Story. <laughs> have that one too remember that movie you absolutely loved as a kid don't watch it again Uh, Um, it's like the premise of your whole entire podcast 
podcast. Should you yeah, or should you much. not watch the things that you're nostalgic about? Um, do you want to know what the reasons are? I'm looking at <laughs> oh, them now. No. Oh, no. Um, actually, I agree with 100% of these things. I'm that sure I've read you so do. <laughs> it is so slow. So incredibly slow. And then there's a paragraph. Uh, Many characters' voices do not match their lips, and it is really distracting. Yep. Um, Atreyu screams most of his lines. Yep. He does. <laughs> Falcor the left um, dragon is shockingly creepy. <laughs> yeah. I guess you can have that one. I must be depressing. one of the people who's not. Uh, Did you look at that picture? Falcor. Look at his when Atreyu yeah, is scratching his ear. Ugh, it's really creepy. <laughs> look at his giant tongue. Yeah, it's proportional to his head. Gross. Have you ever pet a golden um, retriever's ear? That's exactly what they do with their faces. They don't. Ugh, God, he, I don't know. He's like getting like too much. Oh, oh, oh. This is also saying he's like sexy creepy. Um, sexy creepy? Uh, yeah. After Atreyu wakes up in Falcor's arms, the luck dragon says to the young boy, I like children, and then tells Atreyu, <laughs> You talked in your sleep, winks at him, asks him to scratch him behind his ear, and then moans, That's so good. Oh, that like, ruined it for me. Now Falcor's it's creepy. creepy. Oh. Um, <laughs> It's creepy. Speaking of the nothing, it actually looks like a bunch of dark, swirling clouds, which is technically something. Seven, <laughs> that's the final pedantic. confrontation between Atreyu and Gomorrah is super lame. Yeah, I'll agree. False. That. Well, the di- the conversation is good, but the, the conversation fight is, is good, but the fight is like, really? I mean, I guess Atreyu <laughs> is a very strong warrior, so like, maybe that's good, yeah. but you know. Um, did you look at the gif of number eight? <laughs> <laughs> This sums up how I feel about this movie. <laughs> um, it's basically a picture of Bastion shouting out the window, and there's just like question marks yep. all over you it. You see the lightning flashing on his face, and you can't read his <laughs> lips because the lightning is flashing. So it's it's incredibly relatable. I'm saving this. That's how I feel about the movie. <laughs> Why didn't any of you bother me when I was seven? <laughs> the title song will be stuck in your head for days and days and days. The never-ending story. Yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh no um i was gonna say i could probably play it right now but i don't think that my don't get it stuck in all way. of your podcast listeners heads nope we've already sung it so <laughs> it's too but late it's, i think it gets stuck <laughs> in your head late. more when you hear the real version than when you hear people that's true all of the all of the synthesizer really does it um but yeah that's why the childlike empress explains that like like we are also part of the movie because we are also part of the story and it's just yep I and that we fail as humans because we don't believe in fairies anymore right yeah so it's i mean i guess the like moral of the story is great because it's like it's like never lose your sense of wonder or mm-hmm. imagination and like part you of know, you should stay a child yeah keep make room for that sort of that sort of whimsy mm-hmm. in your life and kind of openness to believing in magic and other strange things but but boy oh boy yeah no i was it did not hold my interest at all it totally held mine but i think it was mostly the fault of uh, nostalgia and me enjoying remembering and not remembering all of the things that happened yeah but i mean i watched this movie a lot as a kid too like i had i had a similar like amount i mean maybe not clearly but i did i feel like i did have like a lot of nostalgia about this movie and i just i when i was rewatching it i was just like i, I was like i don't i don't care about this nostalgia like i didn't i don't know it didn't connect with me in any way hmm. yeah maybe you were trying well. to think about it all too rationally i mean maybe you weren't using your sense of childlike <laughs> wonder and imagination oh, no. to rewatch the never-ending story oh no i've already been broken mm-hmm. by 
by being an adult. Yep. The world has broken you. Oh, no, Katie. You're not contributing to your own never-ending story anymore. The nothing consumed your universe. It's just gone. I might as well just go... Mine is full of Falcors that are not creepy. I'm just going to go sink in a pit of quicksand now. I guess that's... Yeah. That's like all that's left for me. This is how it ends, Kira. Oh, no. I'm so so glad to have (laughs) known you. I'm so glad to have known you. Um, you I too. Guess I'll, you too. I guess I'll uh, see you never. Did you like the scene where Falcor chased down the bullies at the very end? Yeah. Okay. So this was that's a little true. satisfying. Right. This right? movie did get weird at the end because then it's like Falcor comes into mm-hmm. into Bastion's life and yep. is like, "I'm gonna grant all your wishes." Yep. He becomes a genie. That's so <laughs> wild to me. Like, what a weird like epilogue to toss on this movie. You know? It's true. And then they totally open it up to like and here's your uh teaser for movies two three and four where right which i am actually curious about because i've also seen i think i've seen all of them yeah you said Um, you had seen all of them and i'm thinking about it i probably have too because i remember like pieces of movies with the same characters that like were not in this movie so i must have seen them at some point yeah let's let's come back and do um it doesn't have to be like one episode for each of them but let's come back and do it like a quick two three four like recap at some point because i'm I'm, I'm interested to know like what what memories because i can't think of anything specific that i'm missing yeah Um, except for i think the princess was uh, or the empress was played by a different character or somebody like one of them when they do that yeah maybe a trade is played by somebody else Right, they at least one of kid. them is totally different. Yeah, and I remember that being really strange to me. But yeah. I don't, I don't remember anything else. Uh, I, I have like one vague. Scene. I think the Empress plays like a bigger role, and I kind of have like a sense of like her castle, mm-hmm. maybe. Totally. But I also could be, I don't know, I could be forgetting. I could completely. all be, me- uh, could also be messing it up with like Zelda plot lines because the whole princess in an ivory tower situation definitely right. reminds me of Zelda, or even like you know like Labyrinth sets yeah totally um, yeah who knows who knows but yeah I, i'm um, definitely down to do a two three i give this movie zero thumbs up but also Aww. zero thumbs down because mm, it just i don't know i just didn't i don't know i give it at I'm, least six thumbs up. that's so many thumbs i know i mean i'm assuming <laughs> we're going out of 10 okay okay fair i mean if we're doing if we're i doing don't two thumbs then i'll give it one thumb I don't have 10 hands, so I don't have 10 thumbs, but... Um, There are at least 10 dog hands in my house that could give it claws up. I guess if every paw counts as a hand... Mm -hmm. And every um, dew claw counts as a thumb. Okay. Because that's how dog anatomy kind of works. Yeah, I don't know how many thumbs cats have. Probably Well, they have little dew claws, right? Are those the ones that are just like their thumb claws? They're the ones that are like a little ways up their legs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So each of them has four. Okay. So that's 14 among the four of us. Okay. So it's out of 14. (laughs) 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 Out of 14 thumbs, I guess I give this. I'll give it an eight then. I'll give it four thumbs. That's that's an improvement (laughs) over zero significantly. Never ending story. This is my new favorite. Um, favorite scale for <laughs> <laughs> measuring things yeah it's like out of the number the of scale thumbs. consistent across all of <laughs> yeah. the podcasts but yeah. it it depends on like how many like we're fortunate because we have the same amount of animals mm-hmm. but like what if i talk to somebody who maybe just has like one cat then i think you have to default to your scale because you're the podcast host you don't think we could do like a like i could do out oh of 14, you could do out of your do, uh, out of six okay yeah you could do that i think that makes more sense yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> just because it's more confusing. Yeah. And um, also requires you to explain it to your listener or to your <laughs> guests every time. Every single time. And then you learn also, about the pets that they have. Exactly. Which is also a fun Exactly. So. Did you see I got to hang out with Tugboat today? Oh my God. I'm so freaking jealous of all of your Tugboat oh, hangouts. So great. Oh, he's wonderful. He's he's a lot like the dog that lives in my house though, except for softer. Mm. Um, okay, well, do you have any other final thoughts on, I've almost called this movie Fantasia? Um, I mean, I guess, I guess it's probably, like, not a good idea to watch this movie again. <laughs> From, based on the experience that you had. Like, it was fine for me, but maybe it's better for people just to, like, fondly remember, like, the good things yeah. about it and not be confronted with how bad the script writing is. Yeah. In real and life. acting. Yeah. You can, like, you can you can hear where the script writers wrote in like a stammer because mm-hmm. the kids go like well, well what like <laughs> just oh, this, like that this word had exactly three w's in front of it well 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 what <laughs> yeah that happens all the time bastion has so many of those and they're of so bad yeah. maybe they should have just really not bad. been a stuttering kid it's right not a good choice it's... oh here the cat's back <laughs> hi um, she's wow just Thud. walking all over everything <laughs> Ow, ow. No, no, she's putting her claws at my leg. Can you please not? Um, yeah, the script writing is bad. The acting is bad. The effects are fine. Whatever. The message is good. Message is good. Um, wolf quote is good. I think the wolf conversation, the wolf conversation and the turtle conversation were my two favorite moments. Of the movie, yes, probably. mine too. Mine too. Oh, I think the turtle conversation was my number one favorite yeah, part. Yeah, definitely better and for sure. The wolf conversation was second. Mm-hmm. I liked all the clouds. I was pretty into them. I'm into yeah, some cool neat. weather. I'm into, I'm into cool weather patterns, which would be clouds and synthesizers. Yeah. But but yeah, listen to BuzzFeed. Don't rewatch yeah. this movie. Just and the, it, just those reasons were pretty much on point. I think you they were super that, on point. that BuzzFeed article in the show notes. Mostly so I'll for sure link to that article because it's, yeah, we didn't have to do this article. We, just, yeah, we did <laughs> yeah. not need to record. Yeah. If you're still listening, why? You could have yeah. just turned off the podcast and read the Absolutely. BuzzFeed article. They already did this. What are you doing? I will say so. The two movies yeah. that I used to watch just like in excess as a child were pretty much like that weren't just Disney animated movies because obviously we all watched just one of those. Right. Were this one and The Last Unicorn. And I think The Last Unicorn holds up much better as an adult. It does. Because the, the animation is style like, is just so cool that it works. Yeah. And, and it's, it's darker and yeah. has, I think it has more to say. Mm-hmm. I think so as well. Yeah, no, The Last Unicorn for sure holds up. And if you haven't listened to it, you guys should all listen to my Last Unicorn episode that yeah, I did with it was, Molly. It's a good one. It was amazing. And it was that episode that made me think that I should do The NeverEnding Story because I watched them at similar points in my life. I watched them a lot too. Well, we should do a toast. What do you want to do a toast to? Ooh, um, let's do a toast to keeping our imaginations childlike as long as possible okay is that an like acceptable that. toast i like that i feel like yeah. that's what the writers from the writing story wanted us to take out of it so rather I'll than rather it. than like the nihilistic toast that we could do of oh, like... shit <laughs> uh what of was like what was the quote uh death is at least something interesting <laughs> <laughs> um or we don't care whether or not we care I, I like that. We can drink to that. <laughs> no, I like I like the positive one. <laughs> can we drink like to both? Positive one, positive one first yes. and then the negative one. Okay. Okay. One, so, two, three. One, two, three. And to the negative one. Here we go. My cheers is just sort of like ice cubes rattling in my mm. cup. But they sound so refreshing though. I'm drinking tea. Yeah. 
I'll, I'll tell you something that's happened over the course of this recording. Mm-hmm. It was light out when we started, and um, so I just didn't turn any of the lights in my room on, and now, <laughs> it, now it's dark, and I'm sitting in my room at my computer, and it's, like, totally dark all around me, and I feel like that's, like, really apt. Yeah, I, I agree. So, well, that's what happens mm-hmm. to Bastion when he's sitting in the attic. And it's also what happens to us all when we yep. grow up if we lose our imagination. Exactly. Our world and our bedrooms are consumed by the darkness that the is. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. The nothing that is actually darkness. <laughs> yeah. There is no clouds, but just darkness and palm trees. It's pretty beautiful out, actually. Ugh, stop okay. it with your Californian dream weather. I know. I know. Do, would you like to plug anything? Yeah. I'd actually like to plug a different business than the one I did last time, and that's my new productivity and small business advice blog that I started with my awesome friend Desiree and if you like planning or if you're a creative small business that needs help like sitting at home and actually getting things done instead of sitting at home and being distracted by all the things then you should come check us out the website is growyouroaks.com and the name of the business is acorns and oaks (laughs) (laughs) fell off the desk <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened actually. <laughs> acorns and oaks. So the business dot... name is Acorns and Oaks. The website com. is growyouroaks.com. Okay, cool. Just because <laughs> the cat. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Okay, Katie, I'm gonna I'm gonna say goodnight and the recording. Okay. Uh, to okay. episodes two, three, and four of the Never We'll get there eventually. Okay. Good night. Good night. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please check us out on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, it's at FunDipPod. Just search for it on Facebook. And if you like the show, please tell your friends and rate and review in iTunes. That would be very helpful. And I'd appreciate it a lot. Uh, See you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.